Thomas and Mac for UNLV versus Wyoming. It's Cofield and Company. Hertz is back. He's going to go with the draw. He's going to run. He's going to score. Jalen Hurts. He's healthy. The dash up the middle and he took it left. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Always good to hear the voice of Merrill Reese and Mike Quick on the Eagles radio network as uh, Philly's getting all fired up. Uh, we found out today just how fired up is uh, stop robbing cars, Philly. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. A lot of robberies. A lot of robberies to open up today. Three hours on the way. Running Rebels back at home. My God, snap out of this thing. They have lost four straight, six of seven, two and seven run right now. We'll see what the health is tonight of Lou Rod. Luis Rodriguez, but Wyoming, one of the preseason favorites in the conference, has also disappointed in large part because of a major injury to their big man, Graham Ike. But game is on tap, 8 o'clock. Running Rebel warm-up right here, 7.30 with uh, John and Curtis. Adam Hill is the company. Angels helping out. So we're on the concourse of the Thomas and Mac. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studios. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. you mostly like Philly, at least the grit of Philly, or are the fans too annoying for you? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, like You're not a, like the New York radio guys we played last week who were no. all afraid to go to Philly games? No, I've been to many Philly games. I've been to many events in Philly and many times in the area. I feel like they're your kind of people. Nobody's really my kind of people. Well, I know who's not your people. Buffalo people. Yeah, they've been added to the list the last sure, five years. Sure. Maybe the elite of the elite are not your people. That's true. You don't you don't walk amongst them. No. You don't blend in. I don't like them. Philly can be gritty. Can. And we both know that. Hence the mascot. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, the the uh, what were they? Uh, Geo and Boomer, uh, WFN before the Giants took on the Eagles. They were just complaining how vicious the crowds are, and then they also I don't think our vast sound crew caught it, but. When we pulled that bite last week, uh, the other thing they mentioned is that they don't like Philly because of their mascot. They actually, they actually singled out Gritty, the Flyers' mascot. Like, what are you doing? It's the best thing about Philly. Yes. He's fantastic. South Philly can be rough. So can North Philly. But and South West. Philly, South Philly, yes, and West. Um, South Philly can be rough. I'll bring up the story again about being there. I don't, we've been there a bunch of times for different events. A lot of fights. Sanction fights. Back, going back to the T-shirt. I'm going back Jan? to the T-shirt. Do you want to tell the story again? Well, we're just driving. somebody had made their own T-shirt. A and and I'll I'll save the big reveal for the end of it. But the somebody had made a T-shirt just walking around near the uh, Pat's and Geno's area yeah. as we were walking over to get or driving over to get cheesesteaks. Just a very entrepreneurial 14 year old appeared to be. Well, that was the the reveal is that the kid was like 10, but he. I mean, I, I was saying somebody had a T-shirt that just had a white, better, you're right. a plain white T-shirt. That just had, I think it was F-U. Yeah, it was just F- fully just, spelled out. Just F-U written in marker on and a white marker, t-shirt. And we were like, okay. You would think, hearing that story, oh, it's like a 40-year-old? Like, no, 10. He's like a kid walking around with the F-U t-shirt. It was perfect. Uh, but that's Philly. And everyone in Philly should be bonded together in a tough town to back the Eagles. But very disappointed to hear that one of their players 
C.J. Gardner-Johnson is walking around the parking lot near the Eagles facility and found out this. Back when you took my car. There you go. Thank you. I heard that. Yep. Yeah, if you want me to, I can send these clips. Yeah, it's good. I know exactly who stole my s***, bro. Yeah, don't worry, buddy. We got y'all on camera. Wow. Wow. That's how y'all getting down in Philly? That's how y'all getting down in Philly, and you didn't hear the end of it. After a win, it doesn't matter. Someone stole Eagles defensive back, CJ, GJ. They stole his car. I mean, it happens. Does it? Yeah, I was trying to see where they're... Have you, uh, have you had your car stolen? Uh, broken into. Yeah. Not stolen. Me too. Twice. Broken into slash I may have left the door open. I'm trying to see exactly Not where, open, but unlocked. where their facility is. In uh, in Philly, it's not it's not quite at the stadium. Ah, it's not far. Yeah, it's right there. It's not far. Yeah, it's right there. It's right next to Chickies and Pete's. Car so. stolen. We're we're not going nice. to change our ways just because the Eagles are winning. Car stolen. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Are you. I mean, he's surprised that it happened after a win. I I get it. He's like, if we lose, I get it. Take yeah, my car. That would be great too if he said that. Yeah, we lost. I I expect it. I expect ten of our cars to get stolen. I mean, look. You're not immune just because you're on the Eagles. Exactly. And just because you're potentially going to the Super Bowl. And by the way, if you don't go to the Super Bowl, there's going to be a lot more cars stolen, I imagine. I think it's actually maybe that's what it is. It's motivation. Message sent. Yeah. Win. A lot more cars gone. Yeah. Win. You want your car? Win. Win. <laughs> what is going on in Cleveland? Did it actually happen in Cleveland? Poor Terry Francona, also a victim of robbery. Yeah, and apparently I, I didn't know much about this, but Terry Francona has made the scooter famous. Uh, he he lives in an apartment downtown Cleveland, which another Bold choice. wonderful spot. Uh, he lives in an apartment There's nowhere, downtown. Okay, you, you like to rip everywhere. Sure. And by the way, I'm very complimentary of Philadelphia. I like it. Um, I was going to bring up the story. My, my older brother lives about three blocks north of South Philly. And every time I go there, well, I think the, his neighborhood is getting more gentrified. So I'm not sure how far south it's pushing. But that doesn't mean that. South Philly doesn't, you know, kind of drift north. But I know every time I visit him and I park on the street, he's like, do not leave anything in the car. Because there is a chance your windows will get broken and whatever's in there will be stolen out of it. Definitely. But you Definitely rip every possible. city. I like Philly 99% of the time. You rip every city. You've not been to everyone. Cleveland. I have not. Now, I think you were stuck. Weren't you stuck in Cleveland last year? Yeah, for like so six days. Maybe, maybe that's a sour taste in your mouth. That's just, there's just there's nowhere nice downtown? There's nowhere nice to live. There's, it's got to be like in a pricey high rise. I'm sure there's some there's some spots I guess over by uh, not too because the Hall of Fame is next to the football stadium. There's nothing. There's no apartments there or anything. And then you go up the hill a little bit and you're uh, where the basketball arena is. There's a couple of nice bars and I would imagine there's a casino. I'd imagine some nice apartments there. But it's still Cleveland. Sure. Still stinks. Uh, so yeah, Francona lives in an apartment downtown and takes his little scooter. By the way, I've been over there for it's not too far from the Cleveland State campus either. I've been to a uh, Cleveland State basketball game uh, not far from, from that downtown area. So there's a campus. Uh, it's not horrible, but it is Cleveland. And he takes his scooter over to the games. So he just rides his scooter back and forth from his apartment to his game. Now, in the offseason, he does not live in Cleveland. Obviously, nobody would if they had the choice. So he lives out in Arizona during the offseason. But during the year, yeah, he takes his scooter. But he was back in town for this weekend. They had a Guardian Fest over at the stadium. So some meet and greets, things like that. So he was back in town taking a scooter, and uh, somebody stole the scooter. It's gone. 
So Francona does not have a scooter anymore. I would imagine he just buys a new one. But it has gotten famous enough that they released last year a Francona bobblehead where he's on the scooter. So it's kind of a known thing that he drives a scooter around town. And uh, now, no more scooter. What's the biggest thing you've had stolen from you? Or the most expensive thing? Oh, I had one of those really obnoxious uh, CD changers back in the, back in the day. Was, oh, really? Out of the that car? Was quite a bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it got yeah I think both times my car was sort of broken into, I had a laptop in the car, so. Yeah, I had a laptop. I did have a laptop stolen also. And then that was that was the famous story that I that I uh, I have told it here before that my com- my computer bag was taken out of my car with a laptop and a bunch of other things, and then I went and I purchased a new computer bag, but not a new computer. Yeah, that's right. And then the car got, the window got broken <laughs> took, again, the and they took just the bag, <laughs> which I assume that they thought there'd be another computer right. in it. They open it and they're like, "What? Just a bag? Come on, man!" Good. You deserve it. Sure. Stop stealing people's stuff. Sure. sure. Stop being jerks. Uh, Darren Millard's going to come in in just a couple minutes to uh, break down what's going on with VGK. I want to remind you tonight, 8 o'clock tip, Wyoming is in town to take on the Runner Rebels. We are here at the Thomas & Mac for the next three-plus hours. Tonight is a very important night. Really, all week is around college basketball. Cancer Awareness Night, game presented by Comprehensive Care uh, Cancer Center of Nevada. Also out front, Runner Rebel Fest, uh, presented by... Toyota that takes place in the uh, Tark Plaza two hours before tip-off so right when we get off the air at six o'clock again it's an eight o'clock tip and two dollar beer night Miller light drafts just two bucks at select concession stands all the way up through halftime you can get your tickets at unlvtickets.com or come on down here Wyoming is in town to take on your running rebels Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Valamaki left point, high to low, taken in the corner, Schmaltz to Keller, he scores! Schmaltz to Keller, 3-1 Arizona. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Mack. So it turns out the Francona scooter that was stolen, how much? $3,500. That is a lot. Yeah. That's expensive. Darren Millard's with us, AT&T Sportsnet. Darren, what's the most expensive thing you've had robbed from you? Well, that's a, uh, a sordid, sad story. Um, in Canada, they've got something called Canada Savings Bonds, where you, you put money in every year, and then you get them every November. So it's like savings, and then they give you these certificates. And one time I left them in my car, and I had those stolen. So that was about two grand, And they're like cash. It's like cash. Like Once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, so that was that. That was idiotic. When I filed that police report, they cop looked at me and went, "Really? Seriously? <laughs> you left those in your car?" And he did everything but call me an idiot, which I was at the time. Do you still do you still leave things like that in your car? Because I do often see your car parked around. So maybe you know. No, I I actually don't leave anything in my car anymore, and I leave it unlocked because I got tired of. I had a couple of break-ins. I'm like, what? Why am I even locking my car? Why don't I just leave it empty, and they can go through it if they want. So every now and then, I'll come out, and it'll be have gone through because they, they, they aren't smart enough to close the different club compartments and things like that. <laughs> uh, so I know that it, it's been sorted through, but there's nothing in it. So I just I leave it complete. I do everything but leave the windows down and the doors wide open. Uh, I leave it completely unlocked. So there's nothing in it. 
I want to start looking at better neighborhoods. What an approach. What are you doing? Well, it doesn't matter whether you've got a gate or no gate, and, and I happen to live in, in a uh, one in between. It, it doesn't matter. They find a way to get in, and, and they'll go through it, and away they go. Uh, do you guys have ring doorbells, by the way? The, the ring app? That, the, the, the details on that are sorted. I'm going um, to okay. say yes. I, I, <laughs> I, bought, I bought one, but God knows when it's going to get installed. So tell, okay. tell, well, tell, I, tell us I about it. I install it. I do lots of stuff don't, for Gosher. Don't do that. Don't make an offer like that. I've got a lot of I stuff that needs to be installed. I don't mind. I, I install a lot of things, do a lot of things for Gosher. Uh, so Is that right? I, I don't, really? I don't mind. I enjoy, I enjoy being a pseudo-handy guy. So I've got the Ring Doorbell app. Yeah. And part of that, you, you sign up and you get the neighborhood reports. That is awesome because you get people like, this person was looking around my car. This person came up to my door. I don't know who this is. This person uh, tried to look through my, my car. Be on the lookout for this person. Like, it, it's awesome. You get to see, and it's a wide area, so uh, you get to see a lot of the stuff going on in the hood. Man, you, got, you got us down a path here. Darren Millard's with us. We will get to VGK here in a second. What's the, I don't know if you want to add them on the air. What's the, what's the most ridiculous kind of, What's the most ridiculous thing that Gosher's asked you to help him with? Uh, we'll say that again. What's the most ridiculous thing that Gosher's asked you to help him with? Where oh. You're like, my God, you really can't do that? Okay, I changed the handle on his uh, downstairs toilet. You know, <laughs> the, 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 yep. so the, just, just the handle. It yep. wasn't anything to do with the plumbing or the, the chain or anything. Just the handle had broken off, like part of the, the actual outside handle that you flip to, to flush sure. it. Yep. That broke. That like that is is you buy the handle. It is it's two screws, and it's not even two screws. You just screw the handle in and and put it on. That's as easy as it as it gets. I did that one time, uh, but we've done some uh, dresser work. We've done uh, what else? We've done some door work. Uh, uh, some pinning up the. They've got this uh, screen uh, going in and out. I actually did his screen last year. And left his house and biked to work, and that was the day I had my accident. And oh, no. uh, he's like, he was just at my house. Uh, Shane was saying, "Have you heard what what happened to Mallard?" And he's like, "No, he was just at my house putting up a screen." Uh, so we we partially blame Dave for uh, attacking <laughs> me on, on on that day. But I, I actually I, I tell, and this is not on Dave. This is on me because I love doing that kind of stuff. And uh, I've changed a couple of things on one toilet uh, upstairs. Uh, put a new uh, cover in, like a tank on the back. So uh, it's good. I get a little nervous getting into the plumbing. I'd rather do electrical uh, because... <laughs> You'd rather <laughs> do electrical? Gonna... Yeah, I'd rather do electrical than, than plumbing. But so, I, I won't do anything big. Just so, so anybody's listening, I won't do anything big electrical. I'll, I'll change some switches or some uh, light fixtures, things like that. I'll do, I'll do that. Can we start a celebrity handyman thing where you, you charge and you, you take a awesome. photo? That'd be great. Well, hey, how about that? Like, like I called out and we could do some kind of podcast, uh, video podcast with it. Like Darren goes to Ashley Weiss's house and <laughs> and fixes the dishwasher. Uh, Darren goes to Adam Hill's house and uh, gets the carburetor going again. Yeah. Changes the light bulb. Like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, ch- changes the light bulb. That, uh, that's, I did one the other day where I, I changed the light bulb in my house and it wasn't working. And I thought, like I'm gonna have to get right in there and do the fixture, but I decided I'm gonna do try another light bulb, and it ended up being I'd replaced it with a faulty light bulb, and the third light bulb was good, so it uh, it was it was it was one of the simpler ones that I've ever done. 
So what are the fixes required for the Golden Knights? I'm just gonna, wow, I mean, it's oh, segway. That. that is that's why you are the Southern Nevada Writer of the Year, exactly. right there, exactly. because you can bring it in getting something both fun and entertaining and informative. Uh, and that is also my way of dragging this out so I don't uh, have to answer something that is impossible to answer. Uh, no, uh, I actually, uh, the, the Washington game was really encouraging, not because they won, not, or sorry, not just because they won. Of course, that was, that was good. Uh, not just because they scored a bunch of goals, not just because they, they uh, were, were great defensively uh, throughout that game, uh, but, uh, but there was some energy from the group. And uh, I thought they, they followed uh, what Bruce Cassidy wants to do uh, a lot more in defending and, and being able to uh, turn that into offensive opportunities. And quite honestly, there was a lot of that same play against Arizona. They didn't capitalize as much, but there was a stronger emphasis in going to the net at Mellon Arena. There was more traffic, uh, both rebound uh, opportunities and uh deflection uh, attempts against the Arizona Coyotes, and you saw a more engaged Jack Eichel in that game. He had close to double digits in shot attempts. He had five on that, uh, and, and they, they had costed. Like, Arizona went old school in defending Jack Eichel on Sunday night. Like They didn't care if they took a penalty. They were just going to take him uh, down, and they, the referees didn't want to call penalties that night, and he was basically accosted. Uh, in that game. That's not going to happen every night, and he will draw more penalties. But I, I, I saw a lot of really good things offensively. I know they didn't score uh, a half dozen goals, but if they play like that, I'm, I'm really encouraged. Defensively, it was odd to see that many breakdowns right in the middle of the slot. That was more of an anomaly for this team than anything. Uh, maybe they were thinking about the, the night before and scoring too many goals. Um, maybe not, but that, that will be rectified tonight, and if it's not, then, then this team uh, in, in New Jersey can eat you alive uh, in that regard. So I think that there will be more emphasis. Uh, I would like them to score some, some more goals, and I'm encouraged by what I saw on the weekend, even though it was a split, which was a disappointing split. Can I throw some cold water on one of those performances? Ab- um, absolutely, yeah. Washington was not here to play a hockey game. No, but you won the game. Honestly, are you picky right now? If you're the, if you're the Golden Knights, no. But are you I, saying- I, no. But what I would say is, after the game, I thought there was a lot of talk of, "Hey, it's not that we won; it's how we played and how we took advantage." Of, like, yeah, sure. But Washington was here to party for a weekend, and they just happened to show up for a hockey game. I don't think you take too much out of that and say, "Hey, look, we got right." Well, I, I like the way they they played. It regardless of whether Washington was on their game or not. I, I, I did see a, a lot of good uh, things there. So I, I'm, I'm of the not picky department of if it, they don't want to play, uh, we better take advantage of it. And, and they, they did. It, it wasn't a hard, hard game. Like, oh, we didn't play. Um, I don't want to start rumors, but well, since, uh, yeah, since I don't know when, how since, hard he really was. Since when is a hangover uh, a lower body injury, Darren? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. I would have thought that he'd been, uh, uh, like, all, all guys play guilty, you play better, right? <laughs> uh, we've, we've all done that uh, before. Uh, so uh, given his past success at that rink, I would have thought he would have played, played anyway. But, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm not going to split hairs. Uh, they needed uh, something to feel good about themselves, and it didn't matter whether the other team was, was uh, vulnerable or not. They were able to do it now. Uh, you got to put a stretch together. This this is a difficult week, really difficult week 
and it's going to be challenging. And I, you, you guys uh, are, are like a lot of people. You look at the upcoming schedule and you say, okay, what's what's a good week? Is it record wise? And if you get three points out of three games, it, that that might be good this week, given the way this team is still trying to find itself. And you know, we've talked all year about how they've played on the road compared to how they played at home, and they've been able to rack up points, and uh, that kind of has masked a little bit of the home issues, but. This stretch, not only the, this week, but they don't play a home game for more than three weeks. Like this, yeah. this is a huge stretch of game for them to maybe maintain that road uh, dominance because they've got to find a way to to start racking up points again. But you do, and and you've already let one slip slip away on, on Sunday night against Arizona, so you're already uh, behind it uh, a little bit. They are getting healthier. And we're seeing that uh, on the rise. Uh, Brett Howden is going to play tonight. Uh, he hasn't played in more than 25 games. Uh, not that he's a game changer, but he does add structure and depth to your team. And he's really excited about playing. And he loves playing the New York Rangers. Uh, he's a former Ranger. And this is his background for the National Hockey League. So I think that's a really good comfort level for the head coach. Uh, and uh, he's been able to watch all the ups and downs. So I think he's going to add some things. Uh, Shea Theodore's on the trip. Uh, I'm hopeful that we'll see Shea Theodore soon. So uh, it's a long stretch. It's part of a six-game stretch away from, from home, but I think they're going to add some pieces along the way, which should be encouraging uh, for, for, for Vegas. And you mentioned Howden and coming back and the excitement that, that, that is there for him to just get back on the ice. And, and he does add a little bit of a demel- uh a dimension, right? That he'll he'll get to yeah. the net, which is important. Well, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to talk to Brett a couple of times, and and we've discussed certain aspects of the game. And without t- telling you too much inside information, I will be shocked, Adam, if you don't see a lot of him in and around the net, and a lot of him going after rebounds and deflections. I just wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, he knows exactly. What uh, what needs to be accelerated with this group? So talk about getting. You won't see Brett Howden carrying the puck a lot for the neutral zone. He knows what the coach is asking. He's been part of all the meetings. But when it gets into that offensive zone, this is a guy that I think you'll see going straight to the front of the net and and uh, doing all those things that uh, that they need to do to create second chances. VGK at the Devils, uh, flip us off. Not that way, but uh, turn over to Fox whoa, Sports Las Vegas. Whoa, I know, whoa, I know. I'd people, never do that to people, you. People do that on, on the norm. <laughs> um, Fox Sports Las Vegas at 4 o'clock. Darren Millard is going to be on with Ryan the Hockey Guy uh, as they finish up the pregame show, getting ready for the Devils game tonight. We appreciate the time, Darren. Thank you. Uh, all the best, and you guys need anything done. Screen door, uh, <laughs> changing some light fixtures, some work in the, uh, in the bathroom in the old loo. You give me a call. I can try and uh, help you out. If not, I can point you in the right direction. Oh, somebody just went down here. Oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> Be careful. Oh, I can't, I can't handle that. I don't do x-rays. <laughs> you know, there you go. Thanks, Aaron. We appreciate it. See you guys. Bye. Darren Millard. Uh, game coming up in just a little bit over on Fox Sports Las Vegas as the Golden Knights take on the Devils. Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Mac. Man, today's a crazy day. By the way, we'll build on what Darren was talking about with the handyman stuff. He made a big mistake there. Because if you and I combine to ask him to do jobs, 
around our respective houses, I, I've got like six months of work. I'm not saying like in a row, but if he picked a day every week, if I could get him one day a week to do stuff, it's six months. Yeah, but I think it'd be good. Like you mentioned, we could do content, which would be great for everyone. We're very organized when it comes to content. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna send over the pictures and the videos. Absolutely. What's the what's the? No, we're gonna live stream. Top of your top of your head. What do you what would you have done? I'm actually good. I actually I have a fantastic handyman. You do? Yeah. Why are you holding back? There's a lot of complexities. But he's, there he's always is, good. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. there? There always seems to be. Yeah. Yeah, I got a freaking laundry list. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna make a okay. terrible segue. First of all, I completely blew our like rushed two minute conversation on Ed Reed and Bethune Cookman. Darren Millard needs to go down to <laughs> South Florida and work at Bethune Cookman. God Almighty, they need work. This is crazy, man. If you didn't see last week, Ed Reed started complaining as he's driving around campus. He was the new coach, you know, former safety with the Ravens. He's the new coach at Bethune-Cookman. And he was complaining about just how underfunded they were and how it's just terrible there. And five days later, they just dump him. He's been very emotional about it. It's been a high-profile deal. He goes on a show yesterday, and they start talking about all of the issues. I didn't realize how bad it was for these kids. The president talked about being a Christian university. He talked about uh, it was the music that you were playing that was on when you, when you were live. Uh, and, and he also just talked about uh, that the criticism uh, that you that you level as well. But he did say uh, Disney and other people, other donors called and said, hey, what, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but you we're talking to folks. You were actually communicating with uh, a number of uh, high uh, high net worth uh, people. Uh, I saw one report, uh, and just let me know if it's true, that Shaquille O'Neal and other athletes, you were lining up other athletes uh, to financially support uh, Bethune-Cookman. So that was Roland Martin. So he goes on the show, and you can hear, you know, they were really trying to raise money, and but he was, he was pointing out on video, which I don't, I don't know if it's the right way to do it or not. I guess... If you're, you get there and the work conditions are so awful, it kind of worked for Dion, but every employer is different. You know, some don't want to be freaking shamed. Not many want to be shamed publicly about how crappy the conditions are there. So here's Ed Reed uh, answering uh, Roland Martin and, you know, just he's, he's really, as, as the interviewer mentioned, really emotional about this whole thing. Share with folks uh, the kind of things that you were already putting in place to financially help the institution build. These kids do not have locker rooms. They don't have showers. They wash their own clothes. The donors I had is irrelevant at this point. I had plenty of support. I asked them to get out of the way because I understood where I was coming from. I'm from Shrewsbury, Louisiana. That's five minutes out of New Orleans. I'm from a brickyard. I grew up in one bedroom apartment with five kids in it. You understand me? You understand? Yeah, Shaq called me. FaceTime me. Little bro, I got you. So he was raising a bunch of money. I mean, the whole premise seems ridiculous. And we, you know, we know from Jackson State and Dion that the facilities there were pretty lousy. Uh, then Roland Martin has on some of the kids from the football team. They were, they were terminating him. And what do you want the administration to know? Coach Reed in three weeks has essentially done more than this entire administration and other 
um, program leads, like other head coaching staffs and whatnot. He's done more in three weeks than they have in like of the past five years. We don't have showers. We don't have a locker room. We have to watch out where we put our stuff in the stadium locker room so it doesn't get wet and then get moldy. And then we got to practice in moldy stuff. Or when we go and put our stuff away, we shed. put it in the shed. And, the shed and then the shed the gets wet from the rain. And then we got to practice in that moldy stuff. Moldy balls, moldy helmets. We share those moldy helmets too. Most of us had to buy our own uh, Lysol and stuff to yeah. spray we our. To we had, we had to get to clean our stuff ourselves. The mold outbreak in our helmets and gear, and in my in my gloves alone, I didn't wear gloves at practice because it literally just smelled like the epitome of mold. By the way, where's the money going for their buy games? Yeah, how do they have they have nothing? Where the the kids are going? I think the one kid said he didn't say it in that cut, but like they finally started to deal with the mold issue in week eight last year. Well, and that's that's what Ed Reed was talking about and doing his videos and saying, like, you, you have no idea what it's like around here, like what we have to clean up before we even move forward. And that's some of the stuff that he was talking about. And, look, I'm sure the administration was shamed, and they were not happy with all of that. Uh, and they didn't want that to continue because they probably realized that they're not going to do a whole lot about it. And... You know, if if they didn't, then they were going to keep hearing about it. There is a petition for the uh, the kids, and that by the way, that includes the general student body because there were protests on campus to bring Ed Reed back. I don't know that that's going to happen. Well, I don't know if he would want to, unless you know there's changes in the administration. Well, right now it's an interim president, so maybe that person won't be the president long term. Yeah, really embarrassing situation for sure. Absolutely, and and I think you know there was a lot. That it looked like, you know, a lot of people said, you know, Ed Reed was, you know, complaining too much and being too out there. And obviously you can use the, hey, he went on Instagram live and had, you know, hip hop music playing that had offensive lyrics. Like, okay, that's really what we're going to target now? Like, instead of the actual message. And that's that's actually what they, yeah, that's what they listed as one of the reasons to be fired. I mean, you're you're trying to cover here. It's not going to work. No. Well, I mean, it might for some people. I don't think it's going to work. You know, it's going to work for some people. That's a good point. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. We got Carlos Santana doing a residency over at House of Blues. We got shows coming up this week. Uh, we've got the uh, February fifth show. Two tickets right now. House of Blues. Carlos Santana. Their shows to close out this month. Early in February. Back here again in May. Carlos Santana. House of Blues. We got two tickets right now. You can grab your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But two tickets from Ari. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven three six four one one zero zero. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter. Shannon Sharp, you a real coward, man. You a real coward. You 54 years old, trash-talking 26-year-old Dylan Brooks, and you trash-talking for LeBron. You a fanboy. You a groupie fanboy, even though you a Hall of Fame. I'm going to tell y'all something now. I done played college football and, and, and NFL football and have been around. A lot of them dudes are groupies, even though they stars to y'all. They're groupies. Now, back to Coalfield and Company, live at the Thomas & Mack. It was a wild scene on Friday night. Lakers and the Grizz and Dylan Brooks and Shannon Sharp looked like they wanted to uh, rip each other's heads off. That was uh, Doc Holliday, who's a sports anchor 
sports director in Memphis. I wanted to get into this situation a little bit more and also talk a little more about the Western Conference. Rob Fisher is uh, jack of all trades, pre and post with the Grizzlies, joins us here in Vegas. Rob, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was excited to uh, be reading your accounts of what was going on with Shannon Sharp and the Grizz <laughs> on Friday nights. That's got to be one of the craziest things you've seen up close. It was bizarre, man. It was, uh, it, was it was going down right in front of me. I, I sit in the corner where it was happening, and um, it was it was it was. I, I mean, it, it, it felt it felt Hollywood ish, and <laughs> being in Los Angeles, weird things happen, and. Grizzlies have now become one of those teams that things just happen around them that kind of can lead the news and and might not necessarily have to do with basketball and it was it was bizarre you know that for Shannon to to act that way and then for Stephen Adams to, to to basically say all right we're 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 good we can we can handle this right here and. And then uh, T. Morant gets involved. You got security holding everybody. The bottom line is when you get down to to, to, to brass taxes, the bottom line is nobody was going to fight. Nobody's throwing punches. Shannon Sharp's not throwing punches. He was just acting a fool. And um, and and you know, it was uh, it, it, it was it was bizarre. It was bizarre to say the least because uh, he was the way that he was yelling and the way that he's challenging guys to come over. But then he's got a five, nine guy holding him back. So yeah. no, no one, no one wanted to fight. Can you describe the enormity of one Steven Adams? <laughs> Man, he is, uh, ridiculous. he is something else. He is, he is a great bodyguard for this team. And <laughs> you know, it, it's uh there was the game last year on MLK day against the Chicago bulls where he literally picked, picked up Tony Brown and walked him away from John Moran. Um, you know, he, he's there, he's there to protect everybody. And, and he's such a nice guy and he is, you know, he's got the accent and, uh, which makes him funny. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he, and he's got an interesting way of speaking. His language is rather, rather interesting. Um, but when you get on his bad side, he is, he's terrifying. Uh, because he is so big and so strong. I saw him working out before the Lakers game, and he was in the tunnel, and he was like shadow boxing with these huge weights in his hand, like they were nothing. And I was watching him do that, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden the Shannon Chart thing goes down, and I was like, well, I guess he worked on this prior to the game. So, um, yeah, he is, he is a massive human being and as strong as anybody I've ever seen. Were you shocked to see Shannon Sharp come back out? Like what exactly did they do in the back that made it right? I guess an interview. I mean, that, that was the <laughs> whole weird thing about it too. And then I had heard that they said that Grizzly security said it was okay that he came back. But then I talked to Grizzly security and they said that was not the case. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know why they allowed him to come back. I, I guess everybody just kind of felt like it was cooled down and, and he was going to be fine, but uh, and, and maybe gave him one of those cards that they give out at NBA games that warn you about your conduct. Um, but I, I was surprised that he was able to come back because then when he did come back, you know Dylan Brooks isn't going to stop. And the second half starts and Dylan takes the floor and starts yapping with Shannon Sharp, and Shannon Sharp starts yelling back and Referee Zach Zarma came up and said, all right, this is not going to happen. <laughs> you're either going to shut up or you're going to have to leave. And then things calmed down from there on. So 
it, it was it was a much bigger it was made out to be a much bigger deal than it actually was because it was just kind of foolish and um, I, it was interesting though last night apparently uh, the Grizzlies in Sacramento last night the Kings uh, apparently according to some people that I talked to reached out to Shannon Sharp to see if he'd attend the game last night uh, against the Grizzlies he declined. But during the game, they did show a picture of Shannon Sharp up on the jumbotron, and the crowd went wild. So that was uh, that was a little amusing last night. Did they show the picture in the sweater though? That's the important thing. In the it, it, yes, in the Afghan. Yes, okay. showed showed the showed the picture of him with the denim Afghan on. Yes, that's exactly what happened. In the end, <laughs> the important thing is Jaw's, Jaw's dad did not want that smoke. I mean, he's he's a little guy. No, 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 no. In, in fact, I, I was making my way down to the floor to, to, to go on the floor for halftime, and, you know, they're telling me I have to stand back and everything, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to get on TV. So I went over to the other side, and, and T, T. Morant was standing over there by the Grizzlies bench, and I went over to him and just asked what the hell happened. He was like, dude, I don't know. He said, I was on my way over there just to shake his hand and say hi. And then all of a sudden, he said, all of a sudden, Dylan's yelling at him, and he's yelling at Dylan, and then all of a sudden, he started yelling at my boy, and then I started getting angry. So I started saying things, and he's screaming at me like he wants to fight me. No, he didn't want any part of that. He just kind of got caught in the middle of the whole situation. He was going over to shake his hand and introduce himself to Shannon Sharp, and all of a sudden, finds himself on the on the business end of possibly getting his ass kicked by Shannon. <laughs> Rob Fisher's with us. He's the uh, TV sideline guy with the Memphis Grizzlies pre-post. All right, so let's talk about the Grizz and, and the Western Conference. So I, I like the Grizzlies a lot because of the makeup of the team, and I like the fact that they have tough guys and a troublemaker, you know, a rabble-rouser, not a troublemaker, you know, a guy who will, who will talk and sure. get under the skin of others and Dylan Brooks. But there is a fine line, and since that happened, they just haven't played real good, and last night was was a nightmare. So what's that line they have to walk of, you know, being annoying but effectively annoying? they got to figure out how to be the same team on the road that they are at home. Um, I mean, at home, they're, they're, they're dominating. On the season, they're 20-3 and three on the home floor. Um and they play with a swagger, and they they just play with an energy right from the opening tip that they put you away quickly. I mean, they've only had maybe four games at home all season that have been even decided by single digits. I mean, they're they're just blowing people away, and and, it, and it's playing with an attitude and playing with that swagger and just coming out of the gate and and taking at, taking it to you defensively, and for some reason. When they're on the road, now there could be a couple of reasons. You know, road our role players don't play as well on the road as they do at home. There's always that cliche, and 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 you know they just don't have the same mental, defensive, locked-in ability on the road that they've had at home. They find themselves trailing a lot after the first quarter on the road. Something they don't do at home. So it's the way they're they're starting games and. And it's like they know it, and, and they, they talk about it, but they just haven't been able to do it. I mean, last night, my goodness, he had about 47 points in the first quarter. Sacramento hit 12 threes in the quarter. Uh, and, and it wasn't like they were all defended threes, you know, and contested threes. They were, they were walking in to shoot around threes and, and knocking them down. So, I don't know. It, it, it feels like they're just playing with a different mentality on the road than they are at home. They had a seven-game win streak. Went on on the road, lost four or five. 
11 game win streak. They've got it on the road and they've lost three straight. You know, there were some road wins during both of those streaks against some bad teams, but once they've hit the West Coast, it, it's been a different story. And the Grizzlies just, uh, they've looked like a different team. And, you know, it, it, you feel like with this team, it's just a matter of one night they'll be able to just get out of it and be fine. But then all of a sudden you start looking at schedules like at Golden State. Is that the game that they're just going to be able to turn it on and get out of it? Or you go to Minnesota and you're just going to be able to turn it on and get out of it? This team, it's different this year because they are the hunted. They are not the hunter. And teams, because they have that swag, because they have that chip on their shoulder, because they have a guy like Dylan Brooks and a guy like John Morant who likes to pop off, everybody is hunting the Grizzlies. Everybody wants to beat them. Everybody wants to beat them into submission. They're not a liked team. So there aren't, there aren't those opportunities where you can just go in and say, we got this one tonight. They're getting everybody's best, and I think that's something that they've learned as the season has gone on. You mentioned it's something they talked about. They've discussed it. Uh, they just can't fix it at this point, and, and at some point it seems like they might snap out. But can this team be a real contender if they can't get this fixed? Well, I, I guess the good news is you look at the rest of the Western Conference, Denver and Sacramento are the only two teams that have a, a winning record on the road. That's it. Yeah. And, and the Grizzlies are third at, at two games under 500. They had 11 and 13. You have Denver is 11 and 10. Uh, and then you have Sacramento that I believe is 11 and 9. And other than that, everyone else is under 500. So I, I don't think it's just a Grizzlies problem. Uh, I, I think it's it's kind of a Western Conference thing this year. So, I'm, yeah, I think they can be contenders because if you're going to finish in the top four, and well, where the Grizzlies are right now, if you're going to finish in the top two, you're going to have home court advantage at least for the first couple of rounds. And I think that's going to be critical this year, maybe more so than ever before in the Western Conference. So, yeah, if they can still maintain where they're positioning, you get to the postseason, you have that home court advantage. Yeah, I think it goes a long way. So we talked about the the Shannon Sharp thing, and obviously it's fun to talk about, and it's silly. Uh, the one thing I thought about is, first of all, I hope fans don't think they can be part of the show now. That's that's obvious. Uh, like that's not right. you. That's Shannon Sharp, not not average fan that's there. Uh, but the other thing is, like, did they show? Did the Grizzlies show that you can kind of get in their head a little bit by just kind of messing with them to that level and uh, and affect their play? Well, I think the first time we saw it was in San Francisco against Golden State on Christmas Day. Um, I mean, the Grizzlies were certainly humbled that day uh, because, because it, and it's funny because I, I get a bunch of crap from Golden State fans talking about how the Grizzlies are crybabies and the Grizzlies can't handle it. And, and to be honest, they're right. You know, I mean, they haven't won anything, and they're they're a pretty loud team and, and talking and have a swag for a team that really has not accomplished anything. And I like that about the Grizzlies. I, I think it's part of them playing well. As I said before, when they play with that swagger, they're a much better team. So I don't want the Grizzlies to change the way they act. It's just they have to, they have to realize the fact that other people are going to come after them. And because of the way that they talk, people are going to want to beat them up. People are going to want to talk back at them. People are going to want to bury them. And, and the Grizzlies have to be prepared for that. I, th- I thought Christmas Day was a very humbling experience for the Grizzlies because Golden State did shut their mouth, and Clay Thompson is huddling over Dylan Brooks and getting technicals for 
bad mouthing him. I mean, it, it was a it, it was a humbling experience. I thought for the Grizzlies, and they came out of it and then went on an eleven game win streak. So hopefully they've been humbled these last three games, and it's not going to take another one in San Francisco tomorrow um, for them to maybe turn this around. You, you would hope. It's not going to take anything to get up for that game. You'd hope you'd play with the right mentality. They punked you on Christmas Day. Can you punk them back? Um, so there's, a, I think there's a lot of things that can come out of tomorrow night's game on where this Grizzlies team is with their mindset um, because they're going up against this Golden State team that, you know, they have aspirations of knocking them off the throne. Well, you got to beat them first. And, and you, you've got the record. You're top two in the league. And, you're supposed to be better than Golden State right now. So we'll, we'll see if they're able to, to do that tomorrow night. Rob, we appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, man. Anytime. Great visiting with you.